welcome to selfdiscoveryradio.com. With over 1,400 shows, we have the answers for you. Enjoy your listening on selfdiscoveryradio.com. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of Choose Positive Living. I am your host, Sarah Troy, and my guest today is Lance Dinahan. Young entrepreneurs. You know, we are seeing the youth today do things that are absolutely incredible. All you have to do is look at uh, Kids MasterChef or So You Think You Can Dance Junior and you look at the giftedness, um, the discipline and the um, in intuitiveness that comes out in these kids. It's really kind of quite heart feeling because let us not forget they're going to be our leaders they're going to be in charge of the world when we're older and we want to know that they're doing it right because unfortunately we can't really say that um, of our generation we seem to have got things screwed up but this young entrepreneurial mind th the way they see things um, the opportunities they see the collaboration they see the unity that they see they have just such wonderful ideas so they should be nurtured shouldn't they well, this is what Lance does, the Young Entrepreneur's Training. He takes kids right when they're young, right when they're hungry, right when they see the vision. I call them DIVAS, an acronym for Dreams, Inspiration, Vision and Aspiration. A kid is born that way. And when you nurture their dreams that they're inspired for, from, and they see the vision of, and you help them to aspire to accomplish it, Wow, we've now given them wings and we just stand back and see where they go with it. So Lance understands this. Came about for his own son, who is one of those divas that just kind of took off and, and went, influenced by his father. And we're going to hear about that story today and why Lance felt that he really had to open up the school for young entrepreneurs and how he sees and where he sees it's going for the future. Please, children, uh, this old adage, children should be seen and not heard, <laughs> not today. Listen to them. They're wise beyond their years. They see things we're uh, unable to see. They have energy and passion and conviction. Let's nurture that, please. Let's nurture that because we need those young entrepreneurs today as well as tomorrow. Welcome to the show, Lance. Thank you, Sarah. Good morning. How are you? I'm doing great. The kids today are extraordinary, aren't they? Absolutely. I think one of the biggest things is that they don't necessarily always see when uh, mistakes can be made. And until we teach them that, they have this massive um, imagination that can take them and lead them anywhere in the world uh, until we restrict them. So <laughs> it's best to teach them that uh, they don't have to have restrictions. Exactly. You know, and I think that's kind of one of the problems uh, with our generation is, you know, everybody is born a diva. You know, every kid, you know builds a rocket to go up into space or the dream of being the next you know ballerina or whatever it is and the dreams can change from day to day but they live in that you know what if that possibility and all they're looking for is an is an opportunity and then we sent them to school and those rules and regulations of linearization came into being you can't you will conform what who do you think you are and we've destroyed that spirit but if we nurture it there is no stopping them, is there? 
No, I definitely agree. I find that our school systems teach the basics of what people know to get by in life, but they don't necessarily teach everything that people need to do to be able to become extremely successful. And it's the ones that don't necessarily conform to what is going on or being taught to them are the ones that will exceed and look at life differently, thinking, you know, what if I could do this or what if I could do that, and then they don't let people stop them. Uh, they don't have a box. There That's is right. no, no boundaries, you know, except for consciousness, you know. You're right. Think outside the box, definitely. Mm, yeah. And, of course, the kids, we haven't boxed them in yet. Um, and so, you know, therefore, the only boundaries and limitations are just when you can't go any further with one particular idea and you redirect. And do you find that they redirect? Oh, this didn't work. Let's try this. You know, the, they don't get hung up on it like we do. Yes, one of the things that I teach the kids too is that um, if you, uh, life is sort of like a bow and arrow. The arrows are your opportunities in life, and lots of people they will grab an arrow, put it in their bow, and they get ready and they aim and they aim and they aim and they just <laughs> want to make sure they make the perfect shot. But then most times people won't actually let go of the arrow, so they never make the shot. And with the kids, I say, you know what? Just get ready, fire, see what the mistake was, and then aim and fire again. There's yeah. opportunities in life all around us, so we just have to keep shooting and eventually you'll hit the bullseye. And, and really kind of get out of our own way, right? As you said, you know, as adults, we've been taught to think everything. Well, with kids, they feel it, don't they? Yeah, and I always tell people, you know, make sure you, you look at things not um, if I can do it, but how can I do it? Mm -hmm. And trust those instincts, because those instincts in them are so very strong. That's what's driving them at the present time. Yeah, if they can think it, then they can do it. They just got to figure out a way. There's somebody that can help them or somebody that can guide them, find a coach or a mentor, uh, find a program that will help them, and definitely it uh, nurtures what they're doing and leads them to a good direction. Would you say at the present moment that we have a young generation that's more gifted than we've ever known before? I would say the possibilities are definitely more open to this generation than there was in the past. The problem is is that this generation has a tendency to get stuck in things like um, the video games, which mm. can be an advantage, but also can be a disadvantage. So they have to be able to pull themselves away from it for a little bit, realize the skills they've been given and all the opportunities that are around them, and then take advantage of that. Right. So, you know, it's, you know, a lot of those video games and all of that tech, etc. you know, it definitely leads them down that tech path. You know, I love this, that one wonderful little Facebook picture of a young girl on the phone with a hand on the head and the caption is, no, grandma, that's the on, that you need the on button, kind of, you know, helping her grandmother through how to work a computer. And in a lot of ways, it is like that, isn't it? They just absorb technology to such a way that they just go and do Definitely. And I even remember when I was younger, my parents would come to me and say, how do you hook up this or how do you hook up that? And I'd be like, this is so simple. How do you not know how to do it? <laughs> and now technology has advanced so much that now there's times where I'm training my kids saying, how do you make this thing work? Why is it just not an on-off button? <laughs> so it's, it's come full generation too. Yeah, exactly. And when you think about how fast technology is going, um, you know, from day to day, leaps and bounds, you really do need kind of an open mind uh, that is able to go with that thread and I think you know we're a little bit restricted again on the limitations that were put on us and you know and the barriers that we've got to break through to be that free but with kids um, and the youth you know they they just seem to be so much um, more adaptive to kind of redirecting and relearning and just absorbing what is now 
I think as we get older, we start to develop consequences in our lives. And when we get a computer and we put our pictures on it, we're so worried about doing the wrong thing and losing everything that we aren't so willing to try anymore, where the kids don't necessarily have those consequences. So they don't know what could happen if they do it wrong. So they just try it. And most of the time they're successful. And so they'll look at something and be like, well, I don't understand, mom or dad. Well, it was easy. I just did this. Mm -hmm. And they weren't scared to do it where we become scared eventually as we get older. Right. Yeah, the, that fear. And of course, you know, what is that fear that as adults carry along? It's, you know, that stigma, that fear of rejection, the fear of judgment, the fear of making a fool of ourselves, the fear of failure. All of those things have been instilled in us. But, you know, if you nurture a child right, you know, they just don't have those things in them, do they? No, and in w when I designed the Young Entrepreneur Training Program, um, the part of it is uh, the teach the parents, and then they help to support when I teach the kids. And I have to remind the parents, you know, you may have uh, an experience in your past about what I'm uh, going to teach, and that might have been a bad experience for you, but you can't project that onto the young person because they don't know that, and you don't want to set them up for failure before you can begin. Yeah. Um, you know, how many times is a, a child being told no you can't um uh, no you shouldn't i think as a child they they kind of hurt here no you know uh get down from there no you can't have this no you can't do this they hear the no so much more than any yeses when they're young and i think you know as a parent we want to protect them we want them to understand the boundaries but i think we kind of sometimes go a little overboard with the nose and sometimes they they need to fall down and get up just to know what that's like Absolutely. you got to have a couple scraped knees to be able to say, I don't think I'm going to do that again. Exactly. Yeah, because otherwise they don't know what you're saying no to, you know. And it's right. uh, and also, again, it's a lot of the time our fear that we're projecting on them. So it was your own son that kind of put you along this path that um, that had you, you know, was what, just a, an, an inspirational child that kind of you looked at him and thought, wow, you know, he's... Uh, he's really savvy to business as and he's picking this up very easily you know actually that wasn't what it was what it was that um i just wanted to spend time with him i was self-employed and i owned an electrical contracting company and i was trying to build it and so i was spending lots of time outside the home and i would go do a job in the evening after work or something and i wanted to spend time with him so i just said hey lucas why don't you come with me so he was four at the time and he would come with me to jobs, and I would, you know, introduce him to all of my customers as my collection goon, and he would growl at them at the right cue. Of course, they all laughed, and I never had any problems getting paid, mind you, but that was pretty good. <laughs> um, and then we would, I would ask him, you know, go to the truck and get me a tool, or go and get this, or hold this, just to give him some importance of being there. And then I figured, you know, if I'm going to bring him with jobs to me, then I should, you know, pay him, because when you do work, you get paid, and, you know, I should teach that to him young. And so um, he started collecting the money and thought it was pretty good. And then I had some buddies who were over once, and they, he was telling them that, oh, I go to work with Dad and I do this. And my friends were joking around, bugging me, saying, oh, now you're hiring child labor. And uh, so they started talking to my son, saying, you need to negotiate a higher raise and get some more money <laughs> out of your dad. And, and so the next time we were in the truck, Lucas says to me, Dad, I want to negotiate a higher wage. And I was like, what are you talking about? You're four years old. And um, so, of course, with the whole lesson of it, you know, he started out, I want $20 an hour. And I was like, whoa, what? And so his buddies, my buddies had said to him, you know, start out high and work your way down. And, and so, of course, because there was another lesson there for me to teach him, I had to let him win the negotiation. But, of course, it was not at $20 an hour. <laughs> and so 
We ended up finally coming to a number that I said that I would pay him for each time he came to work with me, but in return for doing that, he had to start learning to save some of it. And so he saved more than I I thought he would. And uh, one day he came out to me and he says to me, um, hey, Dad, I saw this video game on TV and I want to buy this video game. He was five at the time. And uh, I said, no, I'm not, I'm not going to buy you the video game. You don't need that. And he said, well, I don't really need you to buy it. I have my own money. And I was like, oh, okay, well, that's a whole twist of things. I, I never actually thought that, but that makes sense. And so I said, well, listen, let's sit down and talk. And uh, we sat down and I said, you can spend your money on your video game because it's your money. You can do with it as you please. But I want you just to look a little bit into the future here. If you play that video game after about a month or so, you're probably going to be pretty bored of the video game and you're not going to play it anymore. So you won't have the video game. And because you'll have spent all your money on it, you won't have your money anymore either. And so he kind of looked at me and thought, well, then what do I do? And I said, well, why don't I teach you how to make money with your money? And he said, that doesn't make sense to me. What does that mean? So I explained how Lemonade Stand works, you know, purchasing a product, making it, and then reselling it. And he was like, yeah, I really like that idea. I could make more money, and I could do it myself. I'd have my own business. And I said, okay, well, that's a good idea, but unfortunately it rains about eight days a week where we live, so <laughs> Lemonade was uh, not necessarily the best choice. And so we'd, he said, well, what else can we do? And so I came up with an idea of buying a gumball machine, a vending machine. And um, I talked to a friend of mine who was a business owner of a tanning salon, and I said, you know, this is what I'm trying to do with my son. Would it be okay if he... Uh, bought a machine and put it in your store. And she said, yeah, absolutely. So I wanted Lucas to learn the lesson of being able to, um, you know, talk to people and ask for what you want in life, otherwise you don't get things. And so we took him down to the tanning salon, and he walked in and he said to the lady, um, you know, I have my money, and he held a Ziploc bag full of money up, and he said, I'm going to buy a, a vending machine, and I'm going to sell gumballs, and I'm going to have my own business, and I was wondering if I could uh, put it in your store. And, of course, she already knew that was coming, so she said, yes, that would be fine. And so then I took him to the place that sold the vending machines, and we sat down. He put his Ziploc bag on the desk of the guy, guy's office and said, okay, I want to buy a gumball machine. And so we agreed on a machine, and I said, well, look, Lucas, I'm going to pay for half of your first machine to set you up in your business, and then after that, you're on your own. And he said, okay. So it was um, $300. It was two heads, and it was a good machine. It, had, um, it was one of those machines you put a quarter in, and they're all metal mechanisms, so nothing could break or anything. And then we went to a place, uh, a candy warehouse, and bought candy and put it in there. And then everybody had asked him, you know, well, what did you do? And he, he said, I started my own business, and now I sit back and I make money when I'm not doing anything. And, you know, eventually I get to go down there and collect all my money. And um, I guess about a month went by. And every every few days he's like, can we go? He's like, can we look? Can we look? And I was like, <laughs> just relax. <laughs> you got to give it some time. And uh, eventually went down there, and he opened up machines, and sure enough, he pulled out his money and and uh, he was ecstatic. Like he had not made a whole lot of money. Not definitely not to pay him back for what the machine had cost. But for him, that was a win. You know, yes. he had all of a sudden put all his money to something, and now he was seeing it come back. And so I thought, well, this is this is really good for him. So he was pretty impressed with that whole process. And then people would say to him, well, now what are you going to do? Now that you have your own business and you're an entrepreneur at the age of five, and <laughs> what are you going to do with the money? And I said, I said to him, well, you know, you could buy the video game now because if you choose to take the money and buy the video game, you still have money coming in from your business. And he said to me, you know what, Dad, you were right. I went to my buddy's house, I played the video game, and we don't play it anymore. So I think I'm just going to take the money and I'm going to buy another gumball machine. <laughs> He's five. <laughs> it was five at the time, yeah. I, and, you know, I rest my case. I mean, it's, you know, kids today, I mean, just like give them a chance and, and show yeah. them direction. And they really are incredibly savvy. You know, we, we've tried to dumb our children down or speak down to them. But when you kind of speak to them, 
and lay out the facts, obviously within you know the parameters of their age and understanding. They're so quick, aren't they? They are so quick, and we've just got to give them that opportunity. Yeah, it was amazing. I didn't talk to him about expanding his business, but he kind of clued into that himself and then realized that if I reinvest my money and I have two machines, then the money would come faster. And so he kept doing that over a number of years. And then by the time he was 14, he ended up having over 100 machines across uh, wow. the lower mainland of, of route here. And so what he would do is because he was only 14, he couldn't get to the machine. So he'd say, to me, OK, Dad, hey, it's been two months. Um, we need to go do my route. So because I was self-employed, I was able to work off of my phone for the day. I would drive him to the candy warehouse, and we would buy a bunch of candy, and then we would go to the furthest machine first, and then we would work our way in a zigzag pattern back and have lunch. And he would, and at the end of the day, he would fill up my gas tank. So that was an expense to him, and he knew that was something that he had to pay. I didn't ask him for anything for myself because I was still working on my own business. And uh, at the end of the day, he would count up all his money, and, well, all quarters. Let me tell you, quarters do not, uh, they're not light. <laughs> so at the end of the day he would he would sometimes make up to six hundred dollars so wow. six hundred dollars for uh for a fourteen year old kid to drive around for the day and basically fill up gumball machines and that was uh for about eight hours worth of work if you if that's what you even want to call work mhm mm exactly yeah and and just savvy you know they always say if you're going to have your own business, make sure your business works for you and you're not always working for your business. Uh, because right. then you can become very much a slave to it. So that's really savvy. Um, uh, did he continue with this success? Um, when we were, um, uh, when he was about 10 years old, I got into flipping houses like you see on TV where you buy them, mm -hmm. renovate them, and then flip them. And he had said to me, you know, Dad, tell me what you're doing. I want to know what this is. And he says, I hear you say things like mortgages and amortization. And he's like, tell me what this is. And I, so I said, well, I don't mind talking to you about these things, but if you're going to have an intelligent conversation with me, then I want you to understand what some of the things are. So I said to him, I read a book years ago called Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki, and it really changed the way that I thought about a lot of things. So I said, if you want to have conversations with me about this kind of stuff and about money and business, then you're at an age now where you could you could learn from that. So one night I was sitting watching TV, it was probably about 11 o'clock at night, and he had gone to bed around 8.30. And all of a sudden he came out at 11 o'clock and he says to me, Hey, Dad, uh, what's a doodad? And I was like, what are you doing awake? And he says, well, I couldn't sleep. And you told me if I couldn't sleep, then the only thing I, I was allowed to do is read. And so I started reading this book that you told me about. And so I, I, at that point, I wasn't sure whether I was mad that he was up at 11 o'clock or so impressed that he was reading the book yeah. and coming out and having a conversation with me. <laughs> <laughs> so we ended up sitting on the couch for about another half an hour, and I sort of explained a few things to him about some of the words he didn't understand, and, and I was pretty good. Then... Fast forward a little bit, um, when Lucas was about uh, 14, about 15, he came with me to a business event, and I had known of the gentleman who ran the event. I'd met him years ago. And it was based a lot around Robert Kiyosaki's philosophy. He's from the book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And I said, Lucas, you know, you want to come with me? It's like a weekend event, Friday, or Saturday and Sunday, and, you know, there'll be a bunch of adults there, and it'll be probably business oriented, but you'll understand probably the majority of the concept of all this. And he said, okay, yeah, sure, I'll come. And uh, facilitator said, oh, you know, I don't get young people in here all that often. You know, tell me about yourself. And so he told him about the gumball machines. And then what do you know, not shortly after that, he was up on stage. And uh, everybody was talking about telling the candy man and that kind of stuff. And then I said, well, let's, let's nickname you. And we, so we, we ended up nicknaming him the gumball kid. And uh, everybody loved it. And he, he was really impressed with how many people were, were liking what he had done. And then... Um, 
they had a coaching program, and I know having a coach or mentor in your life can always be a good thing. I really liked these people and the way their philosophies were and what they believed in, so I decided to join the coaching program under the condition that my son could tag along and just kind of learn things in the background. Well, uh, within probably a couple of weeks, the facilitator, who is one of Robert Kiyosaki's advisors, um, had told Robert about us, and Robert called us and said, hey, uh, I was wondering if you wanted to come be on my radio show. And so uh, it was a really big deal for us because uh, when Robert re- wrote the book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, uh, he had a, there was a big controversy around some of the things that he had said, and he went on Oprah, and uh, the next day he had sold a million books, and mm-hmm. so he had become a, a pretty big success. So for having him all of a sudden call uh, my son and I saying, do you want to be one of our guests on our radio show? Yeah, pretty nice. I was just like, wow, this is really cool. And then we went to a, a event uh, shortly after that, and um, they... They brought, uh, Robert was introducing his book that night. So we did the radio interview. We went to the event. He brought us up on stage in front of a bunch of people and said, you know, this man has been teaching his child something that I truly believe is the way for our future, our children. We need to make sure that we educate them with financial literacy. And and so that gave us a really good boost of power. And we went to the next event, and it was a bunch of Robert Kiyosaki's advisors there. And they brought us up on stage again, and Lucas told his story, uh, just a brief little bit of it. And then afterwards, when we were off the the stage, people kept coming up to Lucas and asking over and over again. And so he said to me at the end of the day, he's like, Dad, I have told my story like maybe 50 times in the last hour. This is crazy. And uh, I said, well, Lucas, you know, at the back of the room is a table full of books. And if you wanted to, you could write it all down in a book and then sell the book at the back of the, the table. And he says, oh, Dad, I'm 15. I can't write a book. And I was like, Lucas, seriously, yeah, that's one of the stupidest things I've ever heard you say. <laughs> you don't have limits. You don't need to do that. So he says, okay. So then, then over the summertime, he actually sat down and he wrote it all out. And he's like, yeah, it wasn't as hard as I thought it was going to be because really it was just my story. And so he wrote the book out and then I called um, the gentleman's name is Darren and I said, Darren, hey, listen, you know, Lucas wrote the book and he's like all about his story. And I said, yeah. And he goes, okay, I, I'm going to call you back. And so he called me back shortly after and he said, um, I called and spoke with Robert. Robert would like to endorse his book. And we were just like over the moon because that he's, he's never done anything like that before. So... Robert endorsed it, and uh, a couple of his advisors endorsed it, and then um, when word got out a little bit that this was happening, a bunch of the other advisors had all jumped on. They said, well, we want to endorse it as well, and and uh, when we finally ended up releasing the book, um, he sold more books in that one day than that company had ever sold in its entire existence wow. for one one book. So that was really, really impressive. And that's really 15 well. at this time? He was uh, Lucas. Yeah, he was 15 years old at the time, and um, and then at that event there was another gentleman there who uh, does writing for uh, the magazine Fortune 500, and he rates like the best business books. And so, and he reads a lot. So I said, Lucas, you know that gentleman right there, that would be a good guy to have on your contact list. You should go and offer him one of your books for free. And so when the the, the break took place, Lucas went up and he said, excuse me, um, I was wondering if you would like one of my books for free because I noticed you read a lot of books. And uh, he reached under his arm and he pulled out Lucas's book and he says, oh, kid, hey, you're the only book on the table I hadn't seen before, so I already bought it. And he goes, but I'd love it if you would sign it. So now here this you know, gentleman <laughs> who owns a company that helps um, businesses that do multi-million dollar deals you know, writes for Fortune 500, here he is getting my son to, to autograph his book for him. And I was just like, wow, this is so, so cool. And um, 
ended up contacting him later on. His name is Vern Harnish. And I said to Vern, you know, hey, is there any possibility that, you know, you would consider endorsing my son's book? Or, you know, maybe you could mention him in the magazine as the best in the kid category or something. <laughs> and once again, if you don't ask, you don't receive. And he exactly. said, well, I can't do that with the magazine. I would be happy to endorse it, but I was wondering if your son would come and speak at my event in Las Vegas. I will pay for him to come down. And we have 650 CEOs from around the world. And so Lucas was the opening speaker at his three-day event, and Lucas sold more books than any other professional speaker at that event, and Lucas was on stage for all of four minutes. And, you know, the thing is, is that right from the word go, from the age of four, you gave him confidence to be who he is. You know, one of the, the huge problems with adults today, they're so busy undoing, you know, all that expectation, all those old belief patterns you know, everything that was imposed upon them of what they should be, and in their own self-discovery, you know, trying to find out who they are and what they're, they're doing here. It takes so much time to reprogram all of that, and then finally when you get to where you are, that confidence and, you know, the security in yourself to be what you are. But you've instilled this in him right from the word go. And so in his young life, you know, his achievements of being, you know, above and beyond, because he didn't have any doubts, because you didn't doubt him, so he didn't have any reason to doubt himself. That's right. And there were things that did come up that I had to sort of nip in the bud and get right off the bat. Um, as an example, um, there were some of his friends who would say to him, you know, oh, what are you doing? That's dumb or whatever. And I explained to him, you know, um, if you put a whole bunch of lobsters in a pot and uh, they're trying to get out, they're possible to reach up to the top of the pot and pull them out, but the other lobsters will grab that lobster and pull them down back into the pot. And I said, you've got to remember that life is sort of the same way. Unless you hang around with people that are equivalent or better than you in the aspect of what they have or where their achievements are, um, the people that you hang around, if they're lower, they will always pull you back down again. So one of the biggest things I've said to people all the time is, you know better than the average of the people that you hang around with. So always try to make sure that you're the lowest on the totem pole of your friends so you can only go grow and get better. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And really, true friendships uh, are ones that um, celebrate and encourage um, yes. and not bring down to make them uh, feel better. So, you know, that is a very important lesson to learn very, very young. So did the school come about um, because you know, of the success of your son? Did you see, well, if it works for him, it can work for others? What happened was I had a bunch of people at all the events keep coming to me and saying, wow, your son's amazing, you know, how did you get him to do this? And I was like, I don't know, I just kind of taught him the skills that I had learned and, you know, things that I used, and I kind of just thought that was sort of the way it was supposed to be. But I quickly realized that that that's not what everybody else had already learned in their life, that I had done a bunch of personal development and read books, and I wanted to be an entrepreneur and, and be successful. And um, so I thought, if everybody keeps coming to me and asking me, you know, how did I do it, or they wish that their kids could do it, that if I could actually sit down and write the steps out and create a program to help other people, then, um, you know, this could be something that I could take on a much larger scale to help. So I was encouraged by a coach of mine to sit down and write out all the steps and design the program. And I, I, what I did is wrote a 10-step program where the kids learn a bunch of different things. And it's, it was all based on, you know, how do you take a, a young person's mind that knows basically nothing and teach them a bunch of things to make it so that you can almost guarantee their success. And yeah, that's, that's, where, that's how it started. 
And the thing is, is that when, when you have those basics there, I'm just going to go through the basics that you teach, um, you know, basics of money, of business, how to introduce themselves, how to present themselves, um, you know, basics of selling, marketing and advertising, starting a business, relationships and networking. These are fundamentals that they're going to take with them throughout their life. So if they're, you know, um, seeded well when they're young and understand the concepts of this, it can only grow from there but you know they have to have a platform in which to spring from so I having an understanding of these things allows them to be able to grow with confidence asking the right questions knowing which directions to take but they need these fundamentals in order to springboard from absolutely a platform just to start from and and this program is is uh, elementary, but it, it definitely teaches the basics of all these things. In the end, after the program is finished and they've completed all 10 steps, the kids actually have their own business. They have their own um, uh, network of people. They have their own marketing and advertising. They actually have sales in hand with profit and money. So it, 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 for them to go from knowing nothing to all of a sudden being so proud of themselves to having their own business and being able to introduce themselves and say, this is what I'm doing and this is how it works. And it's just, it, I've been in tears a few times watching them do this because it's just amazing to see the self-confidence that's built in them. And, you know, there's some kids, obviously, that have more of an aptitude to the, towards this than others. You know, I've got um, two very kind of artsy daughters that, you know, really the finance and, and the business side of things aren't their thing. But my son, he used to get his father to buy candy and he opened up a tuck shop at home to sell the candy to all the neighborhood kids <laughs> and then would sell it back to his sisters at double the price <laughs> you know? no family discount there oh no <laughs> not at all and you know he's gone on to run you know businesses and he's very savvy when it comes to money but he, the biggest thing and his success is personable and i think <coughs> that is something that you can teach people how to be confident and how to communicate, but that personality, um, it, it's really something that is them, isn't it? It's their core. And you can really play on that because we know in business today, it's all about relationships and it's all about listening and caring. Um, it's not about sales, sales, sales and ramming it down people's throat. It's about interaction being inspirational, being invitational, so people want to do business with you. Um, so it's about your personality first. And the more confident you are in who you are and what you can deliver is more co the confidence that people will have to do business with you. Right. And that's one thing that I teach the parents too is I say to them, I would rather lose a sale to somebody because they didn't like my product than they didn't like how I treated them. Exactly. Very, very Relationships important. are everything. And people all the time, they'll say, it's not what you know, it's who you know. It is totally true. And if you just get to know people, treat them with respect and treat them good, they'll always come back to you. And if you pay attention and the time to find out what the person needs, then you know how to deliver. But if you're just ramming something down their throat in an assumption that they, that they need it, you know, you've just built up some animosity there. So ca communication is absolutely key, isn't it? Absolutely. You're getting into some of my secrets here, I'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> 
One of the best things I like about the program is we use a template and uh, I show the kids how to fill in certain things. And so when I've spoken on stage a couple times, um, I've brought some of the YET students with me. That I, I, What I do is I, when I first wrote the program, I wanted to make sure that it was going to actually work because I taught my son over a number of years and now I was going to design a program where it was supposed to be for around 10 weeks. And I wanted to make sure this would work, so I wrote it all down, and then I basically beta tested with six kids, ages um, 9 to 24, I believe. And uh, I just read them what the videos were going to be, and then we sat and talked about it. And then for that week, they learned the lesson and talked to them and, and um, instilled it more into them. And then at the end of it, I was so impressed how well it had done. I thought, okay, this is definitely going to work, so I decided to videotape it. Once I did that, uh, one of my coaches said to me, look, I have an event coming up that's going to have 400 people at it, and um, I would like you to come and pre-sell the program. And I said, well, it's not ready to be released yet. This was back in May. And he said, uh, that's, of that's okay. It's good practice for you to be on stage, and I also really like what you're doing, and I want to encourage you to, to do this. So I want you to pre-sell it. And so I got on stage and I explained to everybody what the program was about and you know what I wanted to do. And in order to prove that the program worked, I brought up uh, one of my students, Cameron. She was uh, 10 years old at the time. And she got up and did a 30-second commercial on um, like these beanbags. They're called uh, Owie, Ouchie, Owie, Ouchie Owls, that's what it is. And they like the beanbags you warm up in the microwave, you put them on your sore muscles. Right. She made all these beanbags and she introduced herself on stage in front of 400 adults and she gave her 30-second commercial. Everybody was really, really impressed with that. And I said, okay, listen, if, if my program really works, though, we need to be able to make it so that your child would be able to adapt because doing uh, business is one thing, but the skills are being able to take the, the knowledge and use it on something else. So why don't you guys pick something off of the table in front of you, and we'll see if Cameron can create a business and introduce it to you uh, based on what you've chosen. So they, the crowd ended up choosing um, a bottle of water. And so Cameron went to the table behind on the stage and she took about a minute, 20 seconds, and she wrote out a commercial for water. And she came back and she, she introduced a company that she had just designed to sell water. And everybody was like, okay, now they were like really impressed. And I said, okay, now I want to show you just how powerful what I'm teaching the kids is and how much the skills can be used for other things. So this time I want you to choose something that we can try to stump Cameron on. And so the crowd chose a unicorn, something that wasn't even real, you know, pretend and, you know, not something you'd even be able to find a business about. And, um, I think it took her around 42 seconds, I believe it was, when I looked back at the video, and she had created a company based on selling a unicorn. And I said, look, you were just introduced to a company by something that doesn't even exist by a 10-year-old in front of 400 people on stage doing public speaking, and she did it in 42 seconds. So if you don't think those skills are something that this young lady will have for the rest of her life, then you're you're looking in the wrong spot because this is amazing. This is uh, the people are saying this is this could be better than some university educations. Well, the thing is, is you get them young. Again, you're not going to undo all that old patterning and crap that's you know as adults that we've consumed that we just don't need. If you get them young when they're, you know, they're they've got the energy, they've got the desire, they've got the passion, they're eager to learn. Um, you know, now you're giving them tools that they'll take through them for the rest of their lives. But more importantly, because of those tools, they learn a confidence. And then that confidence, they know how to reach for bigger things and better things in life because they've got the tools and knowing how to do it. It's really, really important that, you know, our kids have this. 
whether they're going to be an entrepreneur in their own business or not, or whether they're going to take this in through any career, that confidence and that knowledge building will take them through life progressively um, and abundantly. And I think it's something that should be taught in the schools. Absolutely. One of the biggest things to see the self-confidence was that if I had asked an adult to come up on stage with me and do that, first of all, most people would not want to be up on stage. And second of all, I said, listen, I need you to create a company based around something the crowd's going to say. You would see sweat come off of that adult's forehead. Yes. <laughs> but when it was Cameron that was on stage, she was just like, what do you got? What do you got? Give it to me. Let me have it. I, I can do it. I can do it. I can do it. And she was just like excited. And I was like, the only way that a person can get excited about being thrown something that could be basically a curveball and you're not going to be able to hit is if you have the confidence to know, you can hit it. It doesn't matter what they throw. Yeah. And so it was really, really fun to watch how excited it was. Cameron made over 750 bucks that day selling her products in wow. that event. Wow. Well, you know, what you're really doing is taking those beautiful intuitive instincts, um, you know, that sense of knowingness. You know, I call knowingness as that soul intellect that resonates with the heart, that goes to the spirit action, and the mind knows what it needs to know when it needs to know it. The mind ca has all that data, all that knowledge, accessible uh, when they need to know it. But if they don't trust the instincts, if they don't go with that, that intuition, they're not going to know what to extract from the mind of what they need to know in that moment. And you're marrying those two things together. The knowledge they need when they need it and how to extract it for their delivery, but the trusting of those instincts and their passion and their conviction of why they're doing it it's a beautiful combination. Mm -hmm. I know even like people say, well, I don't necessarily know if I want to have a business. And I said, well, do you ever want to have a mate? Because if you do, you need to learn some sales skills. Yes. <laughs> that's, that's the reality of life right there. And if you don't know how to introduce yourself, dress properly, or uh, have any type of sales skills, then you might end up single the rest of your life. Because we, we do sales and um, our presentation on ourselves on a regular basis yes. for almost everything that we do. So even though these skills in this case are designed for the, for the young people to start a business, um, these skills are really good for just about anything for success in life. Yeah, and, and, you know, you hit on a key word, relationships. Um, you know, people think relationships is just, you know, spousal, girlfriend, boyfriend things. But in business, in any form of business, whether you're an employee, employer, entrepreneur, whatever you are, a relationship with the people that you're going to be interacting with, that you're going to be working with, is essential. And you must first bring your confidence, your... Um, your belief in yourself, belief in whatever it is you're selling, um, and you have to be respectful and invitational to the people that you're in that room with. So everything is based on a relationship, isn't it? You want to have a good relationship with the people you're interacting with on every level of your life. Absolutely, and those people are the ones that can help you succeed in a lot of things in life. Um, as an example, when I first started the YET program, I thought, you know, if I could help a couple hundred people, then I'll have done pretty good. You know, I can help some parents, teach their kids, they'll have a better future, and that would be good. And after I introduced it the first time on stage, I had such a huge, overwhelming response from people that were so impressed with it that if people come out to me giving me hugs and in tears and just saying, you know, you're going to change the world, and these are the things our kids need, and this is where our future needs to be, and... Um, I had one gentleman who bought the program, took it back to Mexico, and then he contacted me a week later and said, you know, I'm so impressed with what you're doing and your core values and your beliefs in this that I would like to know if you would go to a lawyer and find out what it takes for me to purchase the rights or um, 
franchise it or something so that I can have the rights for all of Mexico. And I was just like, wow, you know, like this is, this could be a lot larger than what I thought it initially was going to be. And so the coaches and mentors that I'm with, I called them and I said, you know, you're never going to believe what just happened. And they said, well, what do you mean, never believe it? We already thought your number of 200 was missing a couple zeros on the end. Right. You just have to get there. Yes. And so we ended up sitting down and looking at what YET would look like on a much larger scale. And um, that's why the program is done all online. It's made it so that it will be international. Mm-hmm. It can be done at the comfort of people's homes. And then eventually we've also spoken about having people that are like YET certified trainers. Mm-hmm. So they would be able to come learn what the program's all about, the background stuff, my, my values around it, how I want it to be taught, and then they will be able to go out and actually teach the program one-on-one with people if the parents don't want to have it done in their home. So it's not something we'll be launching very soon as well. Excellent. That way we have more people in this world. Right. Well, that's that's the whole point. Again, you know, we're talking about, you know, um, these kids are going to be our future leaders. Let's give them the right tools now. And uh, you know, and then we won't be so afraid later on of God. What are they going to do? You know, they've already got that foundation, that basis, that consciousness, that respect, um, and that ability uh, right from the word go. So it's something that we really need to do. But there's another very positive thing about this. You know, we're talking about the parents have got the old patterning. Well, as they see their kids go through this program, I can see it being extremely beneficial that the parents shadow it. Um, and, uh, because they can learn to undo a great deal of bad habits that they don't even know they've got by kind of going through the program with the kid. But it also opens up again to that relationship, that communication on a different level that they may not have right now. Yeah, I've actually, the, some of the, the initial YET students, I would teach them the lesson because the parents would drop them off. i teach them the lesson, they would practice a little bit, and then they would go home. And then the, the kids were so excited, they would tell the parents, and then everything would be quiet, but then the next day I'd get a phone call from one of the parents, and they'd be like, so hold on, what? how did that work again? And I was like, I thought I was teaching your kid, not you. <laughs> and then she's like, well, I can see how I could implement this into my own business. And I'm exactly. like, yes, you absolutely could. Right. So exactly. it was great. The, the adults learn at the same time as the kids do. I mean, the way the program works is when you uh, sign up for the course, you would you get all access to the videos. You get um, a parent watches a video that teaches the parent what I'm going to teach the child, what I need them to do to support, what I need them to not do, because sometimes we're detrimental on the way we do things with our kids, and what I need them to do. And then that video is designed specifically for the adult. The kids don't watch that part. And then the young people watch a video designed specifically for them, and that teaches the lesson. And then there's a workbook that goes along with it, so they will fill out the workbook and as they go along so they understand what they're talking about. And then after that's over, they have the next six days to practice that portion of it. And they have to initial inside the workbook that they practice with their parents or their adult. Or, um, and each day you practice, you know, you get it distilled into you. And then once you've done that, then you move on to the next step. And each step progresses forward all the way to the point where all, you get all the skills that we've spoken about. And I've also included in the program that they'll get uh, a playing card game that I designed to teach the kids how to do sales. And uh, it's got some pretty funny things in it that they'll have to do, but it's a really simple, basic way to be able to teach the kid how to do sales. And um, we do it, we even practice with, uh, you know, trying to sell their siblings or uh, the the family dog. And so the parents get a good laugh out of it. They're like, one of the the people that was in the course said, yeah, my child has sold the sibling and the dog, which is fine because I I was getting tired of them anyway. (laughs) (laughs) And then I've also, uh, the program also includes my son's book. uh, It's called The Gumball Kid. 
and that's the story about what my son did from his age forward and uh, his experience from his point of view. And then um, the other thing was happening was when the kids had started earning the money, I watched them take the money and start going to the candy store and blowing it right away. And I thought, you know, it's great that I've taught them a way to be able to make the money, but if they don't keep it, then they're going to be in the same problem that we're all in, falling into debt immediately. Yeah. And so I, uh, we do an allowance system in our house where the kids are given allowance every two weeks. Um, the allowance is based on what their age is. So if they're 10 years old, they get $10. If they're 15, they get $15. And there's only two rules to it. The first one is that you have to attend in order to receive the allowance. And um, you have to manage the money that you receive. And so I, we taught them a very simple uh, money management system where we use with jars. And the kids will take a calculator and say, okay, I'm 10 years old and I have to put 25% in this jar. So they do it on the calculator. And then they ask for the money. We give it to them to put in that jar. And then um, as it got a little bit further along, we said, okay, I, you know, oh, they say I need $2.60. And I'm like, okay, well, I only have a $5 bill, so if you would like your $2.60, you're going to have to go into your jar and make change and give it back to me. So we teach them a little bit of a math skills and then uh, to dealing with the money. Once they have it in their hand, it's a lot different than just telling them what to do with it. And then we sit each each week or every other week that we do it, we will teach a lesson about each jar and why they have the jar, what they're allowed to spend it on, what the rules are around it, why they do it. And it's made it so now the kids were like, well, I want to go and buy this, but I don't have enough money in that jar right now, so I have to wait. Rather than us adults who say, I really want this, I don't have the money, I'll put it on my credit card, and then we end up paying for it forever. Mm-hmm. So because I was watching the kids... Um, waste their money, I thought, okay, now I have to teach them next step. So I wrote a book uh, called Have You Managed Your Money Yet? And it teaches the basic money management system. So that I've included in that as well because I want to be able to make it so that after the parents teach their kids how to start a business and they receive the money, they start making good choices with it so that they have a better future. Well, if you look at, you know, any farmer, you know, if they just kind of, um, you know, reaped the benefits of the you know, of the crop and they didn't reseed, they wouldn't have anything next season or next year. Um, so you've always got to kind of have enough to kind of reseed so something else can grow or, it, you know, can continue to grow for the next season. So it's the same principles, isn't it? Absolutely. If we don't look for our future, then we will always work in our future. And I'd prefer to take some of the money that I have now and make it work for me so that eventually... Um, I, I rule by the money that's coming in rather than me having to go out and get it all the time. Right, again, that's make your business work for you instead of you constantly working for it. Um, there's, it reminds me of a, a wonderful Chinese movie called Not One Child Less, and it's about a very rural, rural school uh, um, out, God knows where, in China. And uh, the, the kids literally um, are at the school and at night put the tables together and they sleep on it. And uh, the teacher has to go home because his parents, his father is dying. So he leaves one child in that charge. But along come the, you know, the people, the area, and they want to take this one child out to the school because he's a good runner. So you're going to invest in him because then he can run for the country, right? And, mm-hmm. um, and the, ch- the children take this very seriously. You know, the, the teacher said, not one child less. Um, and another child had to leave. They couldn't do anything about that child, but another child had to leave because the mother couldn't work. So he had to go into one of the main cities and work to support the mother. Well, now what it is, is all of these children are looking at how can they raise money for one of the children to go and get this kid and bring it back. 
and you see math equations going on, you see negotiations going on, everything that they taught themselves out of necessity to bring this one child back. It's a beautiful movie and an absolute prime example that when you put responsibility into a child's hands of, um, of how to do something, they'll always find that solution there. But the more they actually have the tools to do it with, they'll make it happen because they they just don't allow things to get in their way. Absolutely. You know, one of the biggest things for this program is, is to, people ask me, how will you know it's going to be a success? You know, if you see the kids do what you've taught, you know, then, then will this program be a success? And I had made a comment on stage because uh, I sort of said a bit of a joke, but it's not really. I actually would really want to be on the Ellen DeGeneres show. Uh, I love the way that she helps people and especially yes. kids. And uh, I, I get goosebumps when I watch it. Sometimes I even get emotional. And I just think, you know, she has the ability to help so many people that I'm uh, hoping one day that she finds me and, and uh, brings me on the show so I can help more people out. But I think the biggest success for me when it comes to this program is I want one day someone to come to me and just say, you know, hey, Lance, my parents bought the YET program when I was younger. And because of what it taught me in my life, my family's life has been better because of and hear what their story is. Yeah. And then I'll know I've made a difference in this world and made it so that others have been able to prosper and be successful and not necessarily had had to suffer or, or come out of something that they would never have because of something that I've taught or believe in. And uh, that's kind of my ultimate goal is I just want to make a big difference in a lot of people's lives. And I really think that this program is something that can do it. You're seeding the possibilities and opportunities for tomorrow. And, you know, that is, as a parent or as an adult, is what we want to do. You know, uh, the wisdom, the love, the nurturing, um, just just water those seeds. And then, you know, kind of be there as a mentor, be there as a guider. But if you've watered them well, if you've taught them well when they're young, they'll expand their wings way beyond wi what we ever thought possible. Because, you know, we were given limitations. With what you're doing now is you're showing children there aren't any limitations. As long as they always do things with dignity, you know, respect, honor, and uh, pride and savvy, they're going to succeed beyond what we ever thought was possible. And that's what's so wonderful because now that domino effect is the effect that they have on lives. And then those right. people have on lives and those people have on lives. And, you know, people say to me, this world is such a mess. Um, I'm only one person. I can't do anything. And I said, well, be the change you seek. If you change, you resonate out to the world that positivity that you've embraced. And you become that inspiration. And you become that knowledge for other people to change. We take our children today and we nurture them and give them that foundation that they need. And we water them in belief, in love, in respect, in guidance, you know, they're going to be the people that are going to heal the world. And boy, do we need them fast. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and I, I, I've heard the saying a bunch of times, and I really like when people say, you know, I'm only one person or I can't make that much of a difference, um, where they say, if you, if you think you're too small to make a difference, try spending one night in the bedroom with a mosquito and uh, <laughs> see what happens in the morning because you end up being itchy for a week after that. So that little, that little mosquito has the ability to make such a difference on your body. Just 
you need to think that you are capable of making that big of a difference in the world as well. And the, one of the things that I purposely did in the YET program when I wrote it and designed it was that even though I teach the kids how to start a business and all these skills, you'll hear me in a bunch of times in the videos, you know, teach the kids about how to treat others with respect, yes. be good to people, smile at people, you know, be friendly with people, teach them self-confidence. You know, our world needs better people. Our need, they need to be, have people that want to make a difference and care about each other instead of fighting all the time. And, you know, if they look at it and say, you know, my smile to this stranger might just be a smile to me, but it might lighten all of the gloom in their day right now. And that is a gift that you can give for free to anybody. And it's the choice, isn't it? You know, I'm, I was trying to watch the Republican convention the other day, and I couldn't. It was so full of hate rhetoric, I just couldn't. And then I watched the Democratic one last night. And, you know, watching the grace, you know, and the, and the inspiration for the people that, you know, they might not all be with Hillary on everything, but the, the common denominator is, is they're about unity and about togetherness, and that we're all in this, and we must all step forth. And we must do it with grace and respect and that diversity. And, you know, it was wonderful to see because every single speech was uplifting. Every single one of them. And isn't that how you invite people? By creating a platform where there is the respect, there is the unity, the invitation to be a part of something greater than yourself. Um, I think that is one of the greatest things we could teach our children is that you're not above everyone else, but you can be an inspiration that becomes the invitation to everyone else. Right. Nobody wants to be part of something because they have to be. They want to be there because they want to be. They believe in what the system is or what the yeah. idea is. I'll have to take your word for the politics thing because I stay out of that portion of it. But <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's very much a representation of kind of the way the world is wanting to go and the old right. paradigm of where, you know, where we still are at. And it's, again, what do we feed, right? And if we're going to feed that unity and that community where we work together, I mean, you look at children when they're young, black, white, pink, polka dot, yellow, they don't care. They just all play together. It's all about mm -hmm. coming together. And then somewhere along the line, an adult says, no, you can't play with that person. You can't do this. You can't do that. And then judgment comes into it. Well, if we left our judgment out of it and allowed our children to be that example of truly what love and unity is, they would be teaching us a few lessons or two. I fully agree. I've, I've said to people before, I believe that uh, children are basically a blank slate. You know, we're the ones that teach them what the right and wrong is, and they don't know anything about, um, you know, our the skin is different color unless someone tells them that. They don't see that. It, you know, it's yeah. somebody who comes along and says, hey, did you notice this? And then they're like, oh, I, I didn't notice that. Mm -hmm. You know, we don't need to do that to people. We can have everybody being equal, in my opinion. And that's one of the things that when I so, sat down and wrote the YET uh, Code of Honor and also our mission statement, that one of the things in there is that all people get treated equally. I don't care where they come from. In the end, we all bleed red. And that's just the way it works. Exactly. A hundred percent. And if we kind of start looking at that and that however great you get in your business, always remember to give back, to seed opportunity and to remember that the janitor is just as important as you are because everybody has a job to do and everybody is responsible for that job. And if we're all respecting each other's person, each people in, in that capacity, then we just wouldn't have this higher arachy we would actually have we're all in this together. You know, it's funny that you mentioned that part because when 
when I first started speaking with uh, Lucas, I thought I'd met Robert Kiyosaki's advisors, and I thought, you know, these are all people that have quite a bit of money and power, and, you know, I, I thought, you know, these people are, I, I'm only being hanging around with them because I paid to be part of the coaching mentoring program. But after I started talking to them and sitting down with them, I, I realized, you know, that was that was my hold up for that because the reality is is these people have all said to me, you contact me whenever you need me to, I will help you however I can. And I was like, that's amazing because these people have so many busy lives and so many things on the go that who am I to them? But the reality is is that I'm in the same position of having to be able to get the opportunity to turn to people who might not know these skills and say, how can I help you? That, that's what I want to do. I want to, I have found, I've grown more realizing that I will watch people win the Stanley Cup or a football championship or, or, or something like that and think to myself, I'm so happy for that person because that could be the most uplifting, empowering moment of their entire life. I'm not even there. I'm, right. I'm not. I'm watching it from my living room. You're celebrating but to see with other, them. Yeah, to see other people's success. Yes. That's amazing. You know, and and of course for me, if it goes through the app program and someone's successful because of something I helped them to do, that just gives you goosebumps. That's where it feels good on the inside to know that you know I I've, I've done it. I've ma- I'm making a big difference, and that's that's where I want to get it to. There are two movies that, if you haven't seen, I recommend, and they're really good even to show your kids, and one is called The Abundance Factor, and it's a group of speakers that have come together, and it's a, the, the um, first hour is free, and you can get it online, or you buy the packages if you want, but it's each one of these speakers speaking around the attitude of abundance, and the other one is The Power of the Heart, and uh, uh, that is a purchable, purchasable one, which is uh, everything you do must come from the heart, and if we want abundance in our life, if we, you know, I say to everybody, go make a shitload of money, you know, be as rich as you want. But what you do with that money, that will enable other people's opportunities, um, that will seed that growth, that will provide for other people, is your obligation. Because that's how money keeps going around in the circle. It isn't about for you to hoard in your ivory tower or become self-important. It gives you more power to do for society, giving other people that hand up rather than a handout. And that's the one thing that I teach to the parents in one of the portions of the program. I said, you know, there's lots of bad stigmas about money. People say, oh, it doesn't grow on trees or money's root of all evil. But I said, you know, you, you, you don't hear people say, um, you know, money can make a difference or there's more money. I just have to go get it every day. You know, uh, money helps people. And yes. and lots of people look at the bad side. They don't necessarily look at the good side. But just because you have it doesn't mean you're a bad person. You, it, what you choose to do with it is different. And, you know, part of the money management system I teach the kids is to give back. And when Cameron had made the $750 at the event that she was at, um, they were raising for a, um, a place in Africa because they were going to to climb the mountain um, Kilimanjaro and one of the gentlemen had been there before and there was a facility that needed some help and so he was raising money for that at the end of the event uh, Cameron was brought back up on stage and she donated uh, a portion of the money that she made from the event to help those kids in the other part of the world and the facilitator said I was really impressed that this 11 year old had donated money when some of the adults didn't and I said well that's part of the program is to give back exactly exactly and to remember that the ocean is made up of many drops and you know you might think your drop is insignificant but it gathers and that's the beauty of it and uh, you don't have to give a lot for it to magnify 
and uh, but it's having that giving nature which is very very important how do uh, i mean this is something actually that i you know i think grandparents who'd like to put money aside for the children's education university i think that this is a program that they should invest with their grandchildren now um they may never go to uh, or need to go to university because they might already be entrepreneurs or if they do go to university they're going with the right foundation in which to be able to really benefit from the education of their chosen field because they've already got those fundamentals so this is a great gift for those grandparents that have put aside you know the educational fund to put children through right now giving them a head start so how do people become a part of the program give us all the details please okay um i've actually even had some of the kids that saw the program when they were at the event and they've started saving their parents messaged me and said i'm so impressed that my kids are even trying to save for it so that's pretty good but yeah. you can access the program if you go to the website it's at www.yet training.com and yet stands for young entrepreneur training and um, there's uh, all the information on there about us and how to sign up for the programs whichever one you want and uh, if you have any questions or anything or if you're interested in becoming a uh, yet certified trainer you can contact us through that way as well our email address is on there and also our phone number and uh, I believe Sarah you're going to have a link on your website oh as yes well. everything is right up here completely in the books and everything um, and uh, you know the, the the you're very very economical for what you're offering because what you're offering is a foundation that what they will take with them for the rest of their lives. So you you're they're really budget friendly. Um, a lot of the time, you know, people put up programs and they make it so so exorbitant that you know the regular person can't uh, can't reach it. And you've really priced this very very well. Um, and again, that I mean, it's going to help them through their ethics of learning in school it's going to help them with their their sports activities it's going to help them with their interaction with friends it's going to help them make decisions of really what they want to do in life i mean it's you're giving them some foundational tools that no matter which direction they're going to go in they've got a great foundation in which to springboard from so i think it's an excellent tool for people uh, to give the children and what's the age groups that you start and finish with it depends on the maturity level, but I have had one start at eight years old, and um, she she could handle it really well, so she did very well with it. I did have a gentleman purchase it for his 32-year-old daughter. Um, she was going to be taking over his business, and he said, look, my daughter has no business skills, so this might be a little elementary for her, but I think it's going to be a very good starting point. So I say ages eight and up, and uh, like I said, even the adults will learn from doing yes. the program. Yeah. Uh, it might be a little bit of a different dynamic because they're going to watch the adult video and the, mm -hmm. the young person video, but um, you'll still see all the skills behind it. And, you know, I say to people when I was speaking on stage, you're either going to spend tens of thousands of dollars putting your children into university and mm -hmm. college, and the majority of people who finish university and college, or university and college don't actually end up in the field that they're working in. They just end up with a student loan. Or you're not going to put your kids into school and they're going to make mistakes and they're going to ask, hey, mom and dad, I need you to help bail me out. Or you're going to support them longer and that's going to cost you tens of thousands of dollars. Or you can make a smart investment at a younger age, start teaching the children younger and make it so that they can do it on their own. Our kids now, they don't ask us for money. They look at their jars and figure out, all right, what do I do to get more so I can have it myself? Uh, it's a, that's a blessing all on its own. We are in a debt-infested world where the the plastic card you know is 
so easy to put it on the card because it doesn't look like money and then you get the bill and the sweat starts happening um, and you know people overbuy this is an excellent way to to teach people that money management um, but also I think the you know that instant gratification I've got to buy this right now because I like it if you're saving up for it or you're budgeting for it you actually have more appreciation for what you're buying and you're more selective in what you're buying. There are so many tools here. There's so many perspectives in this training that is going to prepare them for tomorrow. That, As you said, really, I'd love to see the parents go through the program with the kids because I think that is something that really opens up a wonderful conversation for the whole family. So I think this is um, most certainly something. Eight and up, who cares how old you are, take the program. And when we put uh, things on a credit card, we usually feel guilty about buying because we know we don't have the money right now. Exactly. But when the kids use the jars and they save the money and all of a sudden they have enough, they are ecstatic to take the money out and go buy what they want because the money was designed in that jar for that purpose. So if we could all do that rather than have the credit cards or going into debt, think about every purchase you made you were excited because you knew that's exactly what it was for. Appreciation, right? An enormous yeah. word that uh, seems to be very lacking in society today. You know, appreciation for who we are, what we do, what we stand for, and what we get in life. And so um, instead of opulence, let's go for appreciation. Thank you so much for being with us here today. Um, wonderful program that you're doing here. Absolutely wonderful. And uh, I really do encourage people to look at it um, and invest. You know, we're custodians of our children. We don't own them. And we're here to help, you know, nurture them and guide them and give them all the tools that they need so they can get out there in the world and be beautiful functioning contributing adults this is a program that's going to give them that foundation in which to go and do that it also gives you an enormous amount of peace of mind as a parent so this is a great investment in your child's future um, because if we can give them that foundation and if we can seed these ideas in them when they're young it's something that they're going to take and grow through the rest of their lives and be on the right track and not having to constantly fall, get up and redirect and try and try again. They'll have the tools on knowing how to stand tall. So thank you so That's much, great. Lance, for putting this program together and for doing what you're doing, for following your path. Well, thank you too, sir. I really appreciate uh, what you're doing and your radio show and how you're making a difference in the world as well and also that you've chosen to include me in that process because uh, I love to be around like-minded people and people that are making such a big difference. Um, would it be okay with you if I give your any of your listeners a little bit of a bonus? Yes, most certainly. That would be wonderful. All right. I'll tell you what, if anybody um, signs up to the program within the next 60 days and emails me and says that I heard you on Sarah's radio, I will include one hour of my personal time. So they can call me uh, anytime during the program and I will personally help them with them and their young people to explain anything they need to support them, to help them, so that we have more success based around what you and I have done together here today. Wonderful. Thank you very much for your generosity. And you know, you know again, it's invest folks if you want something to grow you've got to invest in the seeds the time to water to time to nurture the time to guide this is a program that will set your child on the right path it would also help your relationships with your child and it m gives you that peace of mind of knowing that they've got the fundamentals that they're going to need in order to really grow in life and you never know you could have 
the next Richard Branson right there and all they needed was the seeding. So thank you Lance for being with us today and to everyone else. Remember, the children are our future. Let's seed and water them now because we want them to make the right decisions for us in our old age. So until next time folks.